0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
1: The lesson that I learned in general, you cannot control people.
0: Hello and welcome slash welcome back to the Miseducate podcast. My name is Sarah Guthugu, host and owner of the Miseducate blog and now podcast. This podcast is centered on having open and honest conversations about the aspects of life we have been misinformed on. Whether that be relationships, religion, culture, you name it, I'm here to talk about it. Each episode, I'll be inviting guests to talk about their own experiences of miseducation and what they are doing to re-educate themselves this podcast is not here to provide you with the answers, but perspective. It aims to make you laugh, think, and hopefully spark conversations for change. None of us have it right. We have all been miseducated. On this episode, I am joined by researcher and the host of Charlie's Toolbox podcast, Charlie Taylor, as we discuss emotional intelligence. We talk about doing the work of emotional intelligence, finding balance, and also compassion for ourselves. So, without further ado let's get into it okay so firstly i am joined by charlie taylor researcher twitter force and the founder slash host of the legendary online community platform and podcast charlie's toolbox charlie's toolbox as i said is an online community that helps women develop an emotional tool set to become their best selves charlie's toolbox talks about feminism mental health dating careers and famously decentering men and de- and centering yourself. So with all that said, welcome Charlie to the podcast. I'm honestly so happy and so excited and so honored to be speaking with you today. Um can we just start by checking in and how are you feeling today? How are you feeling right now?
1: All right. Well thank you so much for such a great bio. I appreciate that. Right now I am feeling I'm like I'm at a seven (laughs) I'm not very I'm not very high I'm not very low Mm. um I I think I do need to get my energy back up but I'll get it back up in due time Mm. so right now I I think I'm about a seven about a seven Mm -hmm. okay I feel you on that I I feel you on that
0: that seven because I'm just kind of like I've done a few things here and there it's been a good day but like there's still kind of room for improvement it just feels kind of mm-hmm. like a like a good steady balance mundane just kind of like
1: yeah right 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 you know nothing
0: too special nothing yeah. too bad or sad or anything
1: like that yeah. just, I'm here I'm here
0: yeah maybe it's like the midweek like hump like it's just kind of like for okay sure. it's middle of the week let's let's just keep going yeah i think so Plus, like, yeah my, um monday
1: and tuesday was pretty busy with work so mm. i'm just kind of coming down off that high mm. and i'm just like i'm glad i have this moment to myself so I'm, that's pretty good
0: yeah just like a moment where you can just like kind of reflect a little bit and just be like Oof, mm-hmm.
1: I know. I'm <laughs> like, okay y'all gave me a lot but i'm okay with that
0: yeah um. Before we go into kind of like the main section of the interview, I did want to start by asking what inspired Charlie's Toolbox? I mean, I've heard things here and there from things that you mm-hmm. said in your podcast, but I kind of wanted to hear from yourself, like, what is, what inspired you to start an online community for women?
1: Well, initially... I was just on Twitter, and I just used Twitter as a venting place. I was just venting about, you know, what was going on with my life, um, how I was experiencing dating, the lessons that I was learning. And then I realized that it was catching on. Um, A lot of women were relating to the things I had to say. They were very interested in my point of view. And I also kind of was at a point where... I kind of was at the opposite. Well, I was over the hump of dating and I was decentering men already. Mm -hmm. And I was seeing a lot of content and a lot of tweets from women who were like desperately seeking to be chosen and desperately seeking to um, attract the man that they want or just attract any man. And I realized like, and, and then I was hearing about the result of that and the result was disastrous. You know, people were losing money. They were getting their cars stolen, getting things in their house stolen. It was just like really, really terrible things. Mm-hmm. And I was just, when I when I read it and I kind of internalized everything that I was seeing, I was kind of fed up and I didn't want to see that anymore. Mm-hmm. So I just wrote this mini guide, um about my point of view about why it's important to decenter men um why you shouldn't have them on your on a pedestal or as a goal because that's not a goal that's just a person um who you're partnering with a goal is like i want to get my degree you know i want to you know uh have a promotion in my career Those are goals. Mm. Having a man is not a goal because there's really no set path to get it. And once you get it, you're not guaranteed a a real win anyway. So Mm. I wrote um, a mini guide and it caught on. It caught on. A lot of people purchased it. A lot of people were uh, responding to me saying how much it changed their lives, how much it inspired them and motivated them to change their path. Uh, the things like the amount of responses I had, like uh, some people were telling me they started their business. They moved to a different spot because, you know, they want to have a life that a, another life, a new life. I had read so many messages from women saying like the good things that happened after they read my book and after they just be centered, man. And I just kept going because I think, when I know that my point of view is valuable and it's one of those point of views that oftentimes I'm talking to myself. Mm -hmm. I'm talking to my younger self and I'm outlining things that I wish I would have known. Things that our parents, our moms, our grandmothers, they may be embarrassed to say Mm -hmm. and lessons that they don't want you to hear because they want you to see them in a specific light. Mm -hmm. So I write from that point of view of, well, I'm not really embarrassed about the things that I've gone through, so here are the lessons that I learned, and hopefully you can bypass a lot of these aches that I've experienced or my friends have experienced, or my mother and grandmothers have experienced, and you can have a life as an adult that's not so heavy, Mm. that's not so weighted with pain that is specifically caused by men.
0: That is, that is very, that is a lot actually. I'm just realizing I'm really taking it in as you're talking about it. And I'm like, wow, it's almost a a combination of kind of like, um, I'm not gatekeeping this information that life has taught me. Um, mm-hmm. You don't have to struggle as well to also go through it. It's mm-hmm. also this kind of like beautiful kind of love letter to your younger self where it's like, hey, hey younger Charlie, here's all the things like here is the advice and the wisdom that I'm passing down to you which is still you at the same time simultaneously Mm -hmm. um so it's it's really it's a beautiful like combination of just like hey I've got all this information I'm not gatekeeping none of this um I think it's also important what you touched upon of like especially within the black community or well I know when I was growing up it was very much like we don't talk about we don't air out our dirty laundry for everybody Mm -hmm. and I think that is a running theme in the work and the content that you put out there is it's the very authentic it's very like um it's not sugar-coated sometimes Mm -hmm. I read some of the things that you tweet and I'm like oh I wouldn't have said it like that but you're right you're (laughs) so right and it's it's very it's very authentic. Like I watched the um, your recent video on um YouTube about like COVID depression and kind of like finding your best self and how you
2: mm-hmm.
0: you continuously reiterate through the beginning and throughout the whole thing. Like I'm a human. I don't have all these things together. Yes, I'm giving you advice, but also I too have things that like I'm going through as well. So mm-hmm. don't hold me to a pedestal. Don't hold me to a higher standard. Like I'm I'm just as human and I'm just as flawed as the rest of you. But I think we can still learn from each other. And yeah, yeah I think that that's really a beautiful thing yeah. you do with Charlie's Toolbox. Um, yeah. And I guess um, in saying that, in knowing that, I mean, I, I'm always unbiased. I will, no, I'm not unbiased. I am definitely biased in saying this because... You're definitely one of the Black women out there, especially within the podcast sphere that definitely influences me and inspires me. And especially with having like worked with you for a short time as well, I've also been like, damn, this woman is amazing. (laughs) I love everything that she does. Um, But in inspiring other people, other Black women around the world um, and inspiring others to live an untraditional and I would say unconventional lifestyle that decentering men, that is centering yourself, that is saying, hey, focus on you. What are your goals? What are your aspirations? Who inspires you?
1: Who inspires me? Um, That's a good question. I think I'm inspired by everyone. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I'm inspired by the community that I created. I think, yeah, like, I I don't have one person. I think I just take inspiration and pieces from everyone Mm -hmm. and just kind of collect them along the way. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of wisdom that the Charlie's Toolbox community have. One thing about them is that, you know, when it comes to like decenter men and dating and all this stuff, people talk to women as if they're, they're not knowledgeable about life or they don't have careers, or they're not educated, or they're not well experienced. And the women I'm talking to, they're like amazing. They're really amazing people. When I look at their backgrounds and the things that they're doing and how they're helping the community, they are really, really amazing people. So even though they may be learning something from me, I'm also learning from them. I'm also picking up pieces. Or from them on, you know, uh, maybe how to present myself. I'll collect something from that. Maybe how to articulate myself. I'll collect something from that. I'll just kind of collect pieces from everyone. Um, And now that I think of it, there is one person that really, it's two people actually that inspired me. They were my old bosses. One was this highly, like, she was a a doctor, she had a doctorate in biology, and she got her degree in the 60s or in the 70s, and she was Black. She was a Black woman. She was probably, like, one of the people in her field. And what inspired me about her was that she was, like, ferocious, and she didn't allow anyone to sway her opinion about herself. So she believed that anything that anybody, anything that anyone else could learn, she could learn too. If there's um, a, a corner of knowledge that someone's trying to like use against her, she'll read a book and then they'll meet the next time. And then she'll have a dialogue with them to let them know that you cannot try to make me feel inferior and try to position yourself as a superior person who's all knowledgeable and, you know, want to treat me like shit. So I learned a lot about her about, especially when it came to confidence, like, don't let anyone make you feel lesser than, no matter how knowledgeable, how credentialed, degree, experience they are, like, just don't allow them to make you feel that way because you don't have to give your power up like that. If you don't know, that's fine, but it's not like you can't understand it. It's not like you can't learn it, but you don't have to feel like, like you are nothing because you don't know that. So she's one of the person people who I was really inspired by. She was a hard worker. Um, she had like six or seven kids. There, all of them had PhDs were, or were MDs, and she was just like this person. The confidence is what I had aspired to do. So she's one person, and then my other uh boss, he was a man. He and I still have convers like I still reach out to them to this day. Uh he was this guy, same, same story. Um, in the 60s and 70s, had his PhD in biology, and was just like, he didn't take any nuts. He was smart. He didn't take any mess. He was confident. He knew what he wanted. He worked really, really hard. And I remember one time he pulled me to his office because someone had talked to me crazy. And I, I had told them that they couldn't talk to me like this. And he pulled me to, to his office. And he was like, he told me like, you don't have to take shit from nobody. He was like, I'm glad you stood up for yourself. You don't have to take shit from nobody. If you feel like you have to take shit from somebody, then you need to leave or you need to quit and you need to find another job Who with people who are going to respect you. You can put your boundaries down and let them know that that's not something that they can do. And that, that's something that I had always internalized. Like, I don't have to take shit from anybody. Wow. Because, I mean, you could be the president of the United States. That doesn't mean you can talk to me any crowd, in any type of way.
0: Wow. So these are literally two people that literally were like, they were not just teaching you about confidence but they were also reinforcing the confidence that was you know slowly being built within yourself they were like yeah don't take shit don't take Mm -hmm. shit from anybody um and that yeah has reinforced would you say it it has reinforced like the the person that you are and the woman that you're growing into being is just like yeah don't take shit from anybody I'm confident I know my worth
1: yeah, it's because it's, I was when I worked for them, I was I was in my early, tw- early to mid 20s. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I needed. Because when you're in your 20s, you're very like unsure of yourself. You even though you're you are confident, you feel good about yourself. You're just unsure of like, what this image is, who are you as an adult? Mm-hmm. How are you going to be in the world? Mm-hmm. And a lot of those questions can make you question yourself and make you feel like, well, you know, you can have that that silent noise, that that conversation in the back of your mind that's like, well, maybe you aren't who you think you are. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, the goals that you have, maybe you can't get it. Mm-hmm. So hearing that from them just kind of helped push me. It just helped reinforce the idea that it's a one thing it's okay to not know but you don't have to feel bad and less confident because you do not know these things.
0: Mm. It's not it's it's almost saying like this is this is not a reflection of you and your worth. This is more of a reflection of like the the knowledge that there is to gain. Like you don't know that now, that's fine. You're going to find out or you can find right. out. Right. Yeah.
1: Right.
0: Instead it's of like being yeah.
1: Mhm. Yeah, the to me, it it was a affirmation that when you are growing, you can still be confident in that growth. You mm. you may not know who you are, you may not know what's going on, but you can still be confident that you know what I'm. I am a good person.
2: Yeah,
1: I feel good about myself, and even though I have these factors that are confusing to me, that that like you said, it doesn't reflect anything on me. It's mm. just the environment that I'm in. So I mm. will be okay.
0: That's that is beautiful. That is really beautiful. Um in now transitioning into kind of like the main section of the interview, um, the premise of this podcast and the premise of the interviews that I do with different individuals that have been featured on the podcast is to discuss areas of life that you feel that you've been miseducated on. Um, and so with that what do you feel as of recent that you have been miseducated on um so I
1: the the thing that I've been miseducated on was emotional intelligence (laughs) or just kind of understanding people Mm -hmm. um I come from my family they're like I guess I can't I don't want to describe them like this but they they're like bulldogs or like Pit bulls, where if they don't get what they want they're gonna like push and be aggressive until they get it and though that is a strategy that's not the only strategy that I should live by mm. so I had to learn that you know sometimes being ferocious sometimes being aggressive um sometimes just kind of forcing someone to be what you want them to be is not the easiest way. Number one, and it may not even get you what you want because people don't really respond well to that. Mm. Oftentimes they want to fight you back.
2: Mm. You
1: know, you, if you be aggressive to them, they want to be aggressive back. And I don't have that energy to do that anymore. Mm. Um, I, and I don't want to do that anymore. So I've been learning a lot more about emotional intelligence, about, you know, just people, like what the the broad range in the spectrum of emotions that people have. And if there's a goal or if there's something that I need for someone, there are other ways and routes that I can ask for it or that I can receive it from them or they may be even just willing to give it to me um if I just simply ask Mm. so I had to do a lot of rewiring and just uh rethinking because for the longest that's been my primary strategy was like okay you don't give me you know even with like uh authority people who are above me um, I even have a hard time with that. Like, you can't tell me what to do.
2: Mm. And
1: <laughs> and it's not, you know, it's helpful to an extent, but it can also be super, super harmful. Because mm. in my life, I've experienced a lot of battles. And you don't always have to, you don't always have to, and you shouldn't always walk through life with armor on. Mm. It It kind of... It stops you from being vulnerable. It stops you from connecting with people. And you don't know what you could have learned from these people who you try to be aggressive with or bogard your way into their life or may force them to be something that you wanted them to be or, you know, whatever it is that you did um, that may be like an aggressive route. So that's something that I'm really learning just like, Understanding people, Mm -hmm. understanding their needs, and understanding that you don't have to push in order to get the things you want. You can also ask. You can also, you know, be reciprocal. You can also be nice and kind, and maybe people will just do it for you just because of that. Mm -hmm. So um and it's not in a manipulative way it was just like in a human interaction way we all mm. always kind of wanting you know, wanting something from somebody
0: mm. there's a lot that you said that I'm like oh I'm gonna have to come back to this on certain things um mm-hmm. but before that um it would be great to in your own words um talking about emotional intelligence um how do you how do you define it how what is emotional intelligence and more specifically, what is it to you?
1: I think for me, it's just, for me, it's me managing my emotions and it's me, yeah, it's me managing my emotions. It's me understanding other people's emotions and it's me understanding that there are other strategies beyond what I've learned from my parents.
0: That makes sense yeah it does it does um in talking about your your parents and your family and from what we briefly discussed in our briefing before where did where did this kind of like this defense um on the attack approach to connecting with people, um, communicating Mm. with people, where did it, where did it come from? I think,
1: well, I know it's from just their, how they grew up, society, you know, these are people coming, growing up in the 60s and the 70s, and their parents don't have the tools that we have now, so they, they grew up in the it's my way or you get the fuck out <laughs>
2: you know? yeah. and
1: that's how a lot of people grew up and 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 I know my parents aren't special in that way, but oftentimes when you grow up in that way, that's how you interact in the world.
2: Mm. You
1: know, it's my way or you get out the way or i'm I'm gonna walk over you, or I'm gonna do these things. And honestly, is how they survive if they didn't have those things they would not be able to survive in this world so Mm. I understand the want and the need to keep it um but I think where they left off and I can pick up is that I can expand upon that
0: Mm. you can you can add like nuance and depth to it
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I can use that, but I can also use this and mm-hmm. this, and I can manage my emotions. So I can, you know, uh, not allow people to get me irate. You know, mm-hmm. or I can internalize what they're saying and just be like, "Oh, okay, that's you projecting. That has nothing to do with me." So I'm not going to even respond to that. There, there are other ways.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, while I understand how they grew up and why it's there. Um, I think it's my job to just go further than that.
0: Mm. Is there a particular lesson while you were growing up that was constantly maybe reiterated in the home? Is there something that your parents or even your grandparents, aunties, uncles, family members would say that was kind of, that would kind of encapsulate this, this is why we are kind of always on the defence?
1: Um, I don't think there was anything they said. I think it was more their actions. Mm. Um, yeah, it it was their actions. And then, you know, when you are children, you just pick up on it. Mm. And I picked up on it and I went through my twenties with that. And I just, I don't want to do the battle anymore. I think there are easier routes to do things.
0: Mm. What what kind of actions, if you don't mind me asking? Um
1: I think so, for example, my my mom was a person who didn't like authority either. So, so, so uh and my, and I, you know and I have to say my dad too. They're they're both people who didn't like authority. So you you could not talk to them any kind of any kind of way. You couldn't treat them any kind of way. Which is good, which is mm. actually good. Um, you even at work you know my mom would not she wouldn't bow down to anyone and if you didn't like it suffer <laughs> um, so it's just kind of seeing that yeah it made me think like okay
0: well this is how you live life mm. was there ever a moment in your in your upbringing in your childhood where you kind of questioned, like hold on why? Why are you like this? Why? Why do we respond like this? To be honest, no. Mm. <laughs> I well, that's fair. It's it's
1: no, the norm. Yeah. So why
0: would you question? Yeah, me? yeah.
1: No, I didn't. When I was growing up, I saw no wrong with it. I just thought like, okay, well, this mm. is how you, you know, this is how you handle yourself. Mm. It's not until I became an adult, and not even in well, I have to say, yeah, yeah. It's it's between it's when i became an adult that i realized that this isn't the best way mm. you know i kept having issues not with the two bosses that i two managers that i um say so previously about. spoke yeah, about yeah yeah but i would have often have bump my head with managers because i really don't like authority i don't like people telling me what to do Mm. (laughs) (laughs) i I know and that's like how can you live this world i know i know that's a struggle (laughs) um (laughs) i would bump my head with them i will bump my head with like classmates um not necessarily friends because I the friends I chose were kind of similar to me. And mm. we I don't know, I have a when it comes to friendships, I have more of a softer touch than I do with any other relationship mm. outside of like parents and family and stuff like that. Um and yeah, that's when I realized that oh, this is not how everybody does things. Mm. <laughs> That's that's exactly when I realized. Oh, okay, there are there are other ways. You know, I would yeah. see children with their parents, or like even in college, I would see my friends with their parents. I'm like, oh, this is a different dynamic. I thought everybody like <laughs> worked. <laughs>
0: thought the way everyone that we was were. fighting. Like, what's yeah, going on? <laughs> like
1: arguing. And was just like, well, I gotta have to. I have to have my point of view made. You know.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. But no, that that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it it took me being an adult to realize, like, oh, this is not the best route. I mean, Mm. it's helpful in some situations, but not all.
0: Mm. And how was it in in romantic relationships, if you don't mind me asking? Because you said in, you know, uh, people that had positions of authority, so bosses, managers, Mm -hmm. people like that, even people in class um not with friends because they get a softer side to you and also they also have a similar um they have a a more a similar upbringing or a similar style of communicating so they understood Mm -hmm. where you were coming from so they were obviously like no she's not doing anything wrong what are you talking about she's fine she's fine (laughs) which I completely get because I'm also thinking about my friends and some of the things that they do I'm like there's nothing wrong with that there
1: is absolutely nothing wrong
0: what are you talking about um, right and
1: your
0: friends not how- like
1: I tell you anything's wrong anyway they love
0: yeah, you so. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so in like I can understand from like the authority and the classmates and these people that are within they're within um proximity but they don't really know you know you mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. how was that in in romantic relationships how was this kind of like I am I will I'm ready to fight, I'm ready to argue. Um, how was mm-hmm. that reciprocated in in dating and romantic relationships? I
1: think it also showed up in the same way. Um, and to be transparent, I was the type of person that, like, okay, I'm dating you, but I want you to be what I want you to be.
2: Mm-hmm. And that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. That
1: doesn't work. Um that and that ended up in a lot of like arguing and me trying to be controlling and um, you know just trying to mold someone into what I want them to be that that's unfair to them and that's unfair to me too because I'm doing work that I actually don't need to be doing. Mm-hmm. So it showed up. It showed up in the same way, and it also it showed up in the same way. But it also I didn't think there was a problem because this is how we communicate, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah So,
2: this is um, what you know
1: yeah this is what I know this is what I know so it took actually yeah and I'll credit my romantic relationships it took my romantic relationships showing me that this is not a this is not how people communicate
2: mm. um
1: especially people who like you or love you that's just not how they communicate mm. um you know how And I say this and I said this in a video uh, previously, and I felt bad, but it was true. I said, there's always a story of like the man manipulating the girl, and you know, the girl is changing herself for the man and da-da-da-da. I said, oh man, I'm the opposite. I'm the person who did that. I'm the person who did that. I'm the person who, you know, tried to force someone to be what I needed them to be. Mm -hmm. And that's not a good thing. It's not a good thing, but it's funny to think about in hindsight. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, that it was the romantic relationship and just being an adult in general that I realized, oh no, like you gotta, not only do you gotta control your emotions, you have to learn how to cope you have to learn what you're feeling. Um, and you've got to articulate that in a way that's not a battle. Mm. And that's okay. You, mm. you People are going to respect that. They're going to love that. They're going to honor that. They are going to work around that because at least you're honest. And at least you are, you know, articulated in a way that they understand what's going on. But if you're just coming around, you know, fighting and arguing, and forcing someone to be what you need them to be, it won't work.
0: Mm. From from what you're saying and and from yeah, from what you've said so far as well, what I'm picking up on a lot is and and please do correct me if I'm wrong, but this kind of like mm-hmm. there's a sense of like control and kind of like trying to almost um twist the other person's arm a little bit. But mm-hmm. it's all there seems to be, like, an intention of doing these things, um, standing up for yourself in a way that you want to be understood in the way that you want people to understand you. It's like you want to control mm-hmm. the perception of yourself. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. I can agree
1: with that. Um, and, I, well, I can agree with half that. And then it's also, like, me wanting to control my world. Mm. Um, you know, I want to live in the world that I want, mm. <laughs> and
0: it's my world. You're possible. just living in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's, like that's possible. You need willing participants. You don't need someone who doesn't want to be that.
2: Mm.
1: So, it, it, does that make sense? Like, you need yeah. people who are already on the same wavelength as you, because they're mm. going to sign up for it. Y'all can live happily. And enjoy each other's company because you guys are on the same path. Y'all enjoying Mm -hmm. what y'all doing, but you can't be on this plane and then someone else is on another plane and and they come into your world and you try to force them to be what you need them to be. That's unfair. That's unfair Mm -hmm. to them. That's unfair to yourself. So, um, yeah.
0: So it's also, so it's kind of 50
2: 50
0: it's 50 50 it's 50 50 Mm -hmm. and it's also as you were saying kind of like it's also a battle of like fighting for your morals and your values and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. would you say that you've kind of slowly started to learn like not everybody is gonna think that the way I do and they're not gonna value the things that I value so I've got to let them go instead of trying to fight them and find more people that are like-minded like me exactly
1: that's Mm -hmm. exactly it um like you know you grew up in a world you think everyone thinks like you
0: <laughs> mm. and then you're and then sadly you, mistaken right humbled go real quick
1: an adult and then you realize oh wow <laughs> yeah you are you grew up in a very different way than everyone else has yeah. and everyone else has grown up in a different way so mm. we're all you know we all have our own set of beliefs and you just have to find the people who have similar ones. They don't have to have the same exact ones, but um similar similar ones do help. Mm. It stops the battle,
0: yeah, it really does um, is there because we've you've said that um growing up and as you've gotten older, you've been able to kind of like learn these lessons of hold on maybe i don't need to be as harsh with that maybe i don't need to fight everyone on this mm-hmm. um and you've also credited romantic relationships as well but can you think of a specific light bulb or maybe what would be more appropriate for this would be like a oh shit, moment when you realize hey I've got some work to do on this like maybe I could be a little bit better in this area of emotional intelligence is there a specific moment that you can think of
1: yeah I think it was a romantic relationship it was a ex of mine and we had had this relationship that was it was cool it was like I enjoyed it at times but a lot of the times I hated it I didn't I didn't like being in the relationship. And I thought initially it was because like I don't like being in relationships. Mm. Um but I realized like oh no actually I do relate well with people. I do like relationships because I have great friends. I love them. We've been in like we lived in different states. We've been near each other, we've been far from each other and I still have these great relationships that are very very strong so it wasn't that it was that um it was that this person that I was dating didn't have the values the mo- this person wasn't my type of person mm. and it was a big light bulb after we broke up after I broke up with him I realized like oh okay the reason why I'm arguing all the time is because I don't like this person and I'm trying to force them to be what I want them to be. Mm-hmm. Like, I like this person mm-hmm. on paper, but mm-hmm. I don't like this person when it's, you know, it when it's intimate and it's me and this person and we're hanging out. I don't like hanging out with this person. I don't want to be around this person. They mm-hmm. annoy me. So that was the big light bulb when I realized, you know what, you can't, it's, two things I realized, one, you cannot force people to be what you want them to be.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you just need to choose people who are already that. That mm-hmm. was one. And two, uh, arguing is not a staple of a relationship. Like that's just not, and that's something that I learned as a child, like arguing was a, a staple in the relationship, whether it's mom, Child, dad, child, mom, dad, it was all it was kind of always like a uh, argumentative mm. and that was my light bulb moment, like, oh no, there's actually people who are in romantic relationships, and they don't have this. Mm. This is not what romantic relationships are. This is not a staple in them. This is actually dysfunction mm. um, and that was my light light bulb moment. And I, and I realized like, you know what, I'm never, ever, ever going to do that again. Mm. I am gonna, you know, of course be vulnerable, but I'm gonna always. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber
0: in every delicious serving.
1: That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Make sure that I'm choosing my type of people.
0: Yeah. Finding, yeah, finding those people that have those similar morals so it makes it mm-hmm. easier on you in the mm-hmm. relationship because there, there are going to be fights, there are going to be arguments, but it doesn't You're need right. to be those, like those principle things of those values and those things that you hold dear. It shouldn't be, it mm-hmm. shouldn't be that. Um, In this kind of, this moment, starting your journey of learning, uh, of gaining more knowledge on emotional intelligence, what did it look like to begin with? And how how did it feel at first to be like, hey, you got to work on yourself. <laughs> Nobody else is the problem here. We got to look right. at ourselves here. Like, what did the journey initially look like?
1: It looked like, well, initially, it, so I am a researcher. Uh, back in the day, I was actually on the process of getting my PhD. I realized mm-hmm. that I didn't like that. So I just quit the program. So you know, I still have those habits of like research first. So I went on like psychology today and just start reading like articles from um, different therapists and different uh, researchers about, you know, what I was going through just to help me understand the, to help me understand it. Mm-hmm. And then once I realized like, you know, I have an, an understanding of what I'm going through. I went to a therapist to talk it out and figure out like what the better what are the better ways of coping mm. um how to be myself and not necessarily like yeah how to be myself how to not argue and how to choose the people who I want in my life and it was just a combination of just researching on my own and therapy and those mm. two things really helped me a lot because I got I got the tools from therapy because you can research as much as you want and you probably can discover tools. Uh, but sometimes it's better just to have someone who's credentialed and knowledgeable who can just be like, mm, no, that's yeah. not it. Because you can prescribe yourself, but be hella biased. It's like, oh no, nothing's wrong with me. So I'm okay, you know?
0: <laughs> I'm not the
1: problem. <laughs> Everyone else is. Yeah. So I needed a third party, an objective person who don't know me, who don't know my history, who come in and say, you know what? No, that wasn't right.
0: Mm. And and what, do, what kind of skills uh, or what kind of tools were they? Instead of your first point of call being like, okay, I'm going to fight with this person today. Um, instead of it being that first point of call... What are the coping the coping mechanisms, the coping skills now when you find yourself in a situation where you're like, I could fight them, but I'm choosing not to <laughs> because I don't have to anymore.
1: Right. I think really the first skill was just identifying the emo- emotion. Mm. Like, you know, not you, how can I say this? Uh, not everything is anger. Mm. Some things are discomfort. But it feels like anger, mm. uh, or like so. I it was differentiating like what the things that I was actually feeling, kind of putting a label on that, mm. and then realizing the next step, like, oh, this might this might be projection. This might be actually a trigger, um, and it may not even be anything wrong with the person or what they're saying. It may be something that's like triggered from my past or you know what you can you can calm yourself down you can relax and you can say hey that really hurt my feelings um is there another way I I don't want us to like have a relationship like that so I think like for a boundary for me that's not something that you can say like it was just give it was arming me with the tools and the phrases of things to say
2: Mm.
1: and those are the things that I learned like identifying the emotion and the tools and the skill set of like what to say how to phrase it what things to do to get the proper response that you actually really want Mm -hmm. you know and a lot of times that was just being vulnerable to be honest
0: Mm. that was sorry there was something that you said that literally I was like I think my brain was like we have to like system reboot do that again what mm-hmm. did I just hear that correctly um mm-hmm. but you said like sometimes it it feels like anger but really it's just discomfort mm-hmm. and i think that something that you've definitely highlighted in saying all that is that sometimes the the i would say the importance of identifying how we really and truly feel um mm-hmm. because i think that sometimes it's you're like oh i'm getting hot and I'm getting mad at this other person. Oh, okay, I'm angry. So I'm going to mm-hmm. act on that anger. Um, but really, it's like, no, 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 no. You're, the physical response, yes, is that you're hot and your palms are sweaty. And you mm-hmm. do feel mad at this person. But it's actually not anger. It's discomfort. This person mm-hmm. has said something or done something that has made you feel discomfort. And then you've gone mm-hmm. on to even... The importance of identity because it's like, is it specifically this person, or is it mm-hmm. something that has reminded you of a response that has come from your past? Mm-hmm. Is it really their fault, or is it something within right. you that it just... Oh, that really! Ha ha! Wow, that was right. <laughs> that is powerful because it's it's so true. Because I think sometimes that we think, oh, I'm smiling, I'm happy. Oh, they they're crying, mm-hmm. they're sad. But it's like right. The complexity and the nuances of the um, human the emotions. very human emotions yes. that we feel it's mm-hmm. so much deeper than just a happy face and a sad face like there's, right. so, there's layers of personal history of mm-hmm. the different things the environments that we're in the culture that we're brought up in as well of how yep. we express ourselves and express these emotions that we feel there's so much layered to that so I can understand why You can't just do the research. You can't just read an article here and there. You also need, you know, somebody like a therapist who can make it tailored specifically to your experience and also can hold Mm -hmm. you accountable and Mm -hmm. has the skills. Damn. It's just, yeah, that really, that was a moment where I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) I got to evaluate some
1: things. (laughs) Look, look, when I learned that too, I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Mm. Because like the big, what the why that was such a like a light bulb moment for me was because, you know, sometimes when you grow up in, and and I'll say this, a volatile household, everything is labeled good or bad, right? Mm -hmm. It's good or bad. You're, you're happy, you're sad, you're you're joyful, you're angry and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And that does a disservice on learning like what you're actually feeling, you know? So learning that tool When she uh my therapist gave me an emotions wheel and it just kinda expands on like, okay, you feel sad, but like what is that what is that feeling actually? And it goes a step further of all all of these labels of what sad is. Are you melancholy? Are you discomfort? Is it discomfort? Is it blah, 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 blah? And once I got those tools, I was like, Oh, okay, I, I know exactly what's going on and I can articulate it so that this doesn't have to be an explosion. This can be a discussion and you can respect me and I'll respect you. Mm.
0: To be, when you first got those tools from your therapist and, um, and it was kind of like looking into yourself and how, how did that first feel when it wasn't kind of like a, I've entered this a situation. Um, mm. This is what's happened. I, initially would react as this because my training and my upbringing has said fight Mm -hmm. um I've now got this toolkit as um given to me by my therapist now how do I kind of like put it into practice how did that first feel
1: um I'll be honest it felt uncomfortable (laughs) It, it didn't feel I mean it felt good it felt good knowing that I actually implemented it, but it felt un- uncomfortable doing it because I don't know. Like you know, you still have those lingering thoughts. Like, is this weakness? You know, is this you being? Are you being weaker? You know, you're not saying anything. Is that you could just go off on them and just, and that'll be that. Mm. Um, but it, it was uncomfortable initially, and. It was also uncomfortable because, like, I am—I'm a high achiever. So when someone say, "This is how you do something to be- get better," like I'm gonna go all the way.
0: Mm. <laughs> you're <laughs> I'm like, gonna "I'm gonna all all commit. That. I'm gonna commit. Right. I'm gonna commit <laughs> at
1: hundred percent." And sometimes that is like you are overcorrecting to the point that you're you are also creating another problem.
2: Mm.
1: So it was finding a balance too, mm. like being authentic to myself finding that bo- balance and making sure that I'm not overcorrecting to the point that I'm doing a disservice to myself
0: mm. and and how did you move from discomfort to ma- allowing yourself to be, feel more comfortable finding these alternative Ways of communicating how you feel with other people and looking to understand other people. How did you move past that discomfort? Are you past the discomfort?
1: Mm-hmm. I think I'm past it. I just had to keep on doing it. Beyond to be honest, just you know, mm. living. <laughs> That's <laughs> how I, I had to live some more, and mm. you know, do some more things, and uh, you know, there's always going to be something where you need to use these tools so that's what i would do i just use those tools and then i realized oh this is a lot easier Mm. yeah it's a lot easier i don't have the the you know when you're anxious or you're fighting that comes with a lot of energy and nerves and things like that i I was able to keep that you know i was able to keep some of the energy that i was expelling with battling Mm. so it it after I realized the benefits of that, uh, I just kept going and it felt you know normal at, at that point,
0: yeah, so it's so irritating because, like it always comes after that you reap the benefits after like people always talk about it, like the benefits of therapy, the benefits of exercise, the benefits of mm-hmm. this and that. And I think it's so appealing from like the one side of it, like the before where you're like, this sounds good, this sounds very Mm -hmm. good. But I think sometimes we're not always as open, as you've said, just about feeling this discomfort and moving past it and also having to go to therapy and doing the research and all these, because I'm listening to you and I'm like, this is very layered. There was Mm -hmm. the moment of the, the oh shit moment of, oh wait, hold on, maybe I'm the problem to kind of like where you are now. There's probably a long like timeline and a time frame, but listening to it sometimes we can we do ourselves and we also do the other person that is sharing their experience a disservice by being like, Yes, it's a quick fix. I can immediately get there. Yeah. And I have to no. do any work, but <laughs> it's about you know it's patience, is being patient with yourself and yeah. experiencing that discomfort as well. It's compassion,
1: uh, it's grace, mm. and then you realize that the the compassion, the grace, the patience that you extend to yourself, you can extend to others.
2: Mm. So
1: it's just like, yeah, it's, it's it is a lot of work. I will say that it is a lot of work, but it is worth it, mm. and just worth it because you don't want to you do not want to, well, I know for me, and this may not be for everybody, but for me, I don't want to, I didn't want to keep being in that space. Mm. And I realized how taxing it was. So it was like, whatever I got to do to get out of that, I'm, I'm going to do that. Mm. And it was a long road. It wasn't an easy fix, but, you know, I did it and I'm still processing. I'm still going through it. I'm still, you know, growing and evolving because with age comes new challenges and mm. you know new things that you have to address for yourself so but the, the good thing is that in this process I have tools that are going to benefit me
0: yeah and, and others yeah and it and as you said it's worth it you you are starting mm-hmm. to reap the benefits of it so it's it's definitely worth it yeah. um, I wanted to go back to something that you said earlier and it got me thinking about something of you said that always being on the defense always kind of being ready to fight and argue with people like was it it was like you wanted to take off the armor and you wanted Mm. to like to put it down and that kind of that imagery of armor and how heavy that armor is like yes it protects you but actual like I'm thinking like medieval armor right it's 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 heavy it's very heavy heavy.
1: you got 50 60 pounds on your back yeah
0: yeah and it's um I was also thinking about it as it pertains to like the both of us as black women and this idea Mm -hmm. that like as black women going through this world, we know it's harsh, we know that it's ugly, we know that you know everybody like it seems like the whole world is out to to get us. There's racism, then there's Mm -hmm. you know, misogyny, and then the the intersection of both of those things and -hmm. having to do all that work just to move through this world, just to fight for our survival, fight for our safety. Mm -hmm. And I guess I was trying to wanted to ask like how was it navigating that before before you kind of shifted towards kind of there are other ways to deal with conflict how was Mm -hmm. it navigating that through the world because I'm thinking were there ever times that people perceived you as this just this oh she's just angry black woman that there was like a block where people weren't even seeing that actually she was just trying to advocate for herself younger Charlie Mm -hmm, was advocating mm -hmm. for herself
1: Mm -hmm. um
0: were there ever times that people misconceived this advocate advocacy for yourself as oh, she's just an angry black woman?
1: I'm sure you know i I didn't hear it, but I'm sure it was mm. it was there mm. um, and I didn't care. That's one thing I did like you could perceive me as angry. I don't care. um mm. because like sometimes anger gets sh- anger, anger gets shit done um it's true and also I like you know if, if pre pre having the tools to articulate myself and put boundaries and all that blah 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 <laughs> um i would fight until i get the result i wanted mm. so it, i will if i'm battling a co-worker i will go to your boss i would go to their boss I will go to the boss over that. I will have my receipts. I will make everything uncomfortable. Like I was relentless. Was it relentless or unrelenting? Always get that confused. Relentless is keep, keep on going. Yeah, I was relentless in my pursuit of getting the things I wanted, which mm-hmm. is why I got so exhausted oftentimes. Because mm-hmm. it's like I, 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 it doesn't matter. I'm going to go as far as it needs to go in order to get the, the result that I want. Yeah. Um. So the that perception of angry black woman, I I didn't. I know it's there. It probably stopped me from getting opportunities, or or I'm not sure. It, it mm. probably happened in the background, but it was never to my face. Mm. And I think maybe the reason why it was never to my face is my response to it.
0: Because mm. you were like, "Hey, I'm I'm ready to fight, and I know what I want. Yeah, well, yeah, and I know right. I'm gonna get it." So right. what's your problem?
1: <laughs> right, like, if you want to bring a problem to your doorstep, I can do that, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. And in kind of, like, shifting back to kind of, like, where we were previously, just talking about, like, the toolbox and the toolkit to kind of, like, take off the armour, put things down, and I think you've you've reiterated through the course of this conversation this kind of, like, the how taxing it was on you, and how mm-hmm. like you've saved so much energy. And I can hear and feel like the relief in just being like, I can relax now. Mm-hmm. Um, How does it feel now? Like, cause I'm honestly thinking of like, you know, that whole soft life, soft girl mm-hmm. kind of like thing that was going around social media. I'm thinking mm-hmm. like, what does this Charlie look like now that she doesn't have to always be on the defense now? Is it a soft life or is it just as hard as it was before?
1: I think, hmm, I don't know if it's a soft life. I think, yeah, I don't know if it's soft, because I I still have to do something. So, Mm. you know, uh, if it's something that's uncomfortable to me, in whatever setting, I still have to articulate myself and say, hey, this is uncomfortable to me. Would you mind not doing that or something like that? Mm. And the reaction can also be no. Mm. No, I'm not going to do what you want, so deal with it, you know? Yeah. Um, So I wouldn't say it's self-life. I just say that this is a less taxing way to get the same results that I want Mm. you know you don't gotta go that hard to get the things you want you actually can just have a a conversation and and maybe things will go your way yeah or maybe you know maybe you guys can you know agree to disagree but maybe you guys can meet in the middle Mm. you know you just never know that I think without the conversation you don't know the opportunities you don't Mm. know the different pathways that could go because you know, once you start talking, you start brainstorming, and then boom, you got a solution right in front of you. Whereas, mm. if I would have been defensive, the response would have been defense back. That's and then there would be no solution; it'd mm. be a standstill because we're we're gonna just continue to battle each other. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if it's a uh, soft life, but I I will say it's easier. I mm. guess. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's an easier Less life. Vaccine.
1: Yeah, yeah less
0: taxi <laughs> um and in these conversations with people because as you said you you're still you still have to have these conversations with people you still have to communicate your your wants needs and desires to them and your requests from them and as you've rightly said they can say no um mm-hmm. what have you been learning about other people now um
1: the biggest thing I've learned is that people actually do want to help you. Mm-hmm. Like, you think, you think like, oh, no, I don't want to. If you ask, if you put it out there, people will help ha- help you. Or if they don't have the resources or they don't have the knowledge, they know someone who do. Mm-hmm. And they're going to put you in contact with them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's one thing I, I really I had to realize. Like, you know, we see a lot of bullshit online. We see a lot of new, bad news stories of horrible people. And that is that is there in society. That really is there. Like you come across those type of people all the time. Mm. But a good majority of the time, maybe 60-75% of the time, you meet some really nice, good people. You mm. you you meet some really kind people who want to see you succeed, who want to help you. Um, and I think that was the biggest revelation for me. Like, even with Charlie Stillbox, if I say, hey, I need help with this, I'll, I'll have like 15 people who don't know me, who really don't know me, but know that I, I have helped them in some type of way, reach out to me and say, oh, I know someone who knows, knows how to do this. So I can put you in contact with this person or I can, we can do this and or do that. And it's like, wow, like there are people who want, the best for you. And there are people who are kind just because they are kind, there's no yeah. motive or anything like that. Yeah. And that was the that was the biggest revelation. Cause oftentimes when you're in a battle, when you're battling, you think everybody wants to battle you.
0: Mm. <laughs> yeah.
1: So like, you know, you come in with a certain lens and then you see everything under that lens. You can kind of have a chip on your shoulder. Mm. Um but after learning these tools, I just realized like, no, people are really nice. Mm. If if you're open to having a conversation, people are willing to listen and they're willing to talk to you, and you know, good things can come of that. Mm.
0: It's 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 a letting go and also letting people in, letting people help you. It's yeah, allowing community to actually be community to you and allow people right. to show up for you and show mm-hmm. out for you and help you and assist you with your goals and yeah that's really that's really new yeah mm-hmm. yeah um how have how have your family responded to this how have the people that have known you since day how have they responded to this evolution of charlie into Um, not always being the let's fight and kind of being like okay let's let's deal with this in a different in a different way um I think (laughs) this is
1: funny um so extended family they're okay they understand and they get it because they don't really a lot they're so my extended family they're like very very loving they're very kind and they that that's what they naturally do so they're okay with it. Um, I would say the only person who I'm having a problem with is my mom. Mm. <laughs> She's the only one who's giving me the trouble. And it's because she doesn't want to take her armor off. So, mm. uh and not to say that that's required, but it's causing us to bump hits. And it's not just me. It's me, my sister. And I, I think my brother, he really doesn't care. Um <laughs> so i think it's that her response she's not that open to it i, I would say that
0: mm. and how is that um how has that affected or impacted your your relationship with her it has impacted it
1: um but i realized like you know people are going to come at their own time and like the lesson that i learned in general you cannot control people Mm. so you have to embrace whatever it is that they gave you and this is my mom so this is I'm gonna have to embrace this, whether I like it or not Mm. not to say that I have to um allow certain things to happen I can still have my boundaries but I can still embrace her as a person and just Mm. realize you know what she may not be there yet that's fine Mm. but I can still you know be there for her, and that's all I, you know, that's all you really can do.
0: Yeah, extending because that they have grace and compassion, right. as
1: you said before. Right, and it's like, and another thing, I had to look at her perspective. I've been living this way for a long time, and you're asking me to change something into something else, or you're asking me to, you know, develop these tools and these skill sets that I've never experienced before. Mm. You know, i was uncomfortable about that and i was in my 20s i can mm. only imagine how uncomfortable it is with you know being older mm. so it
0: it is what it is yeah and it's it's true because for her for for decades it's it's worked nobody said a thing it's worked for her it's gotten her this far right and now all of a she sudden somebody's ask. yeah and now somebody else is like hey actually maybe you should Change your weight. You're like, oh, hold on. Right. Wait a minute. It's your
1: kid. It's yeah. your kid like that. You're like, you ain't really <laughs>
0: my mind, so you don't know nothing you know. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um this is just like a, a throw out there question, just because I was listening to, I don't know whether you know the receipts podcast. The receipts? Yeah, it's called it's called the receipts podcast. They're three women from London. Um, okay, and they I'll, do I'll check it out. a podcast. I highly recommend. I think you'd really enjoy it. Um, But the episode that uh, aired today, they were talking about um, different types of relationships and they said something quite interesting and they said, it seems that we don't give the same chances to um, like our parents and our families in relation in our relationship with them as we do with like romantic partners So they were giving Mm -hmm. the example of this guy could cheat on you so many different times and you're still taken back. But if something happens with your parents, it's kind of like this, I'm done. I'm never talking to you again. And it seems so Mm -hmm. small and so minor. And it just got me thinking when you were talking about your relationship with your mom, because it's kind of like, I think sometimes, especially being the child in that relationship, um, sometimes we're not as as gracious or as giving to our parents we're like no 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 you should know better you're literally older mm-hmm. than me you brought me into mm-hmm. this world why
1: can't why you, not- you get it
0: yeah 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 i think
1: you know and then there's another layer to that conversation too is um people are your their children so the parents their children are going through different stages of their healing Mm. So they have the inner kid that they're working with, and that that person that is responding. And then mm. once they get past that inner kid, then they got the angry teenager, and that person is is responding. So, you know, there's different levels of healing that their children are going through. So they may speak out from those different levels, mm. and just like we have to give our parents grace, our parents have to also give us grace because that is unfortunately that is a part of the healing process mm-hmm. the angry teenager who's talking to you may not want to talk to you for a little bit until they get over not get over but until they resolve the anger that they have for their parent. so mm-hmm. they may need to go no contact for a little bit until they are in a space where they can accept their parents as they are mm-hmm. um so it's like yeah and and yeah and it's true people do give romantic relationships a lot I'm not one of them but they I have seen a lot of people give romantic relationships a lot of chances um yeah that's all I gotta yeah. say to that.
0: yeah yeah um uh I'm down to my last few questions but um as as you've said throughout the course of the conversation and also i think as like i i would say and i would believe as well is that like you being ready to defend yourself is actually not a bad thing um Mm -hmm. and you even talking about in your healing journey and in seeking out therapy and building your toolbox there is that kind of oh now i'm overcorrecting for all the things now i have to be extra extra nice because i've been so defensive before Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. How did you find that balance? How did you find the middle ground that works for you?
1: Uh, Trial and error. (laughs) Trial and error. I overcorrected myself and then I was in a very uncomfortable situation that I did not want to be in. Mm. Um, And I realized, oh, you don't have to play nice. You can just be yourself and state your boundaries. And that can be it. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to negotiate your boundaries. You don't have to. And, and, and if someone crosses that boundaries, you can just be like, you know what? I, I can distance myself because I told you my boundary. he crossed it. I don't think this is a safe relationship for me. So mm-hmm. it it's a trial and error. Um, it took being in a, a relationship that I, I was just kind of like, let me... Let me think inside and figure out what's being triggered with me instead of being like, "Oh, I actually don't want to be in this environment. Let me take myself out.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. very much yeah, it's very much like finding out what specifically works for you and what feels <laughs> feels true for you. Mhm.
1: And that's the thing like about reading and all that stuff like theory theory you can really read everything you want and you can like come up with all kinds of conclusions of what you would do but you really don't know until you're in that predicament mm. until
0: you're in that
1: situation
0: yeah it's as you said it's it's everything makes sense in theory like you can theorize and you can be like oh that will never be me i'll never find myself mm-hmm. in that situation and if i am this is how i'm going to respond but it's not until you're actually in the firing line where you're like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> maybe mm, maybe I spoke a little too soon. Yeah. Um.
1: <laughs> right. Um, right. Exactly. Like, do you, you think you're doing? You think you're going to do all kinds of things, and you get in a situation, you're like, oh, so this is where what, what would happen actually. Yeah. <laughs> i gotta be quiet a little bit (laughs) yeah
0: maybe maybe i'll just next time if somebody asks me i'm just gonna
1: (laughs) keep it keep it on the low
0: (laughs) (laughs) um but in uh the last few questions i have um how would you summarize because we've we've talked a lot about so many different things and about your journey of of healing and self and emotional intelligence and gaining and making your own toolbox um and also the lessons that you've learned like how would you summarize what you have been miseducated on and then how you are re-educating yourself
1: um okay so I I would say that My miseducation is sometimes what you learn growing up is not always the best way. And that's okay to admit. And in terms of emotional intelligence, in terms of learning how to interact with people, the way that I grew up is not the best route. Mm. And what I had to re-educate myself on is um, learning what I'm feeling, processing those things and learning the proper tool set and skill set to articulate what I'm feeling so that I can create the proper boundaries.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I didn't I didn't have that. And that was something that I had to learn as an adult. Um what that looks like for me and how to implement that in different types of relationships Mm. I think that's I think yeah I think that that's what it was
0: yeah and in my last two questions that I have for you um as we kind of like draw this interview to an end Kind of doing like a maybe a little check out of how do you feel now after doing this interview, after having this conversation with myself?
1: I feel great. I feel great. Uh, (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Yeah, this is a great podcast and this is a, I really, really love this theme. Um, I feel like it can grow into different spaces. And what I really love about this idea and this thing is that, like, you, I, like, not only can you grow into different spaces, you have no boundaries. You have, you can go anywhere anywhere you want to go with this. Um, so I, I really, really love this idea. I love having a conversation with you. Um, our back and forth was very easy. And um, yeah, I just wish you the best on this for real.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Um And lastly, just to kind of like leave on a a light note a lighter note, if this podcast uh episode was a song, if every everything that we've discussed today, if this podcast episode was a song, what would it be?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> oh, that's a really good question. Oh uh, dang! Okay, I got one. Uh, Steve Lacy, "Bad Habit." <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> yes. Yes, I see. I see where you're coming from with that song choice. <laughs> okay, okay, I got yeah. you. I got you. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is a bad habit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: thank um, you so much but yeah thank you charlie thank you for being on this episode thank you for sharing your experiences for being open honest and vulnerable with us so thank you
1: i appreciate this this is a wonderful experience thank you so much
0: you're welcome thank you charlie once again for being on the show it was amazing to have this discussion and conversation with you and yeah it was amazing just to be able to talk with you again and you definitely gave me a lot to think about i think in terms of my takeaway of this um episode um i would say one is definitely about the focus of finding that of finding a good balance something that is you know the happy medium um there is a tendency while on your healing journey or while you know having this relationship with ourselves there is a tendency while we're on this journey that um that we must overcorrect ourselves and i think it's really important to emphasize and just to simply say that and also as charlie says herself within the episode it's all about trial and error you've got to make room for mistakes and shortcomings and stumbling with compassion and grace and self-love it's not going to go all smoothly. And it's very interesting that I say that because right now I am like everything is not going smoothly. But I've got to have compassion and grace and love for myself and just be like, hey girl, it's gonna be okay. You're gonna be fine. Um I would also say that like one of the signs in when you research emotional intelligence, um one of the signs of you know, emotional intelligence is the ability to let go, to accept and to embrace change. And I think that kind of reiterates the point that I've said about finding that balance and having, you know, compassion and and grace and self-love. Letting go is hard. Accepting things is hard. Embracing change is hard, especially when you're a perfectionist like me. Um, But You know, life is, life is life. We have no idea what's gonna happen. Um, And so I think it's an important, it's a hard point of finding balance and finding that compassion and grace and all that different stuff, but I definitely think those things come from letting go and accepting and embracing change. So how are you improving your emotional intelligence? Let me know. And you can let me know by following Miseducate on social media. The information will be in the description box below. Additionally, so will the Miseducate blog where you can now listen to these episodes along with a few additional notes from yours truly. And while you're there, don't forget to add your email to the subscription list so you don't miss out on new posts. And lastly, continue to watch, read, listen, educate and then re-educate yourselves. Make sure to rate, review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share this podcast with a friend. And tune in next time for another discussion on the Miss podcast. Bye.